Are you ready to vibe? You're listening to Creepy Vibes Only. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Creepy Vibes Only. I'm your host, Steph, and thank you for joining us, joining me, (laughs) again uh, for another fun episode. So before I start off with our segment of Creepy Reads and the story for this episode, I wanted to talk to you about a few things before I start. So first thing first. Sorry, I had to shift in my chair. Uh, I don't know if you saw on social media, but this really cool thing happened last week. We are featured in a magazine. It's Bananas, but uh, the Woman Who Podcast magazine did an article on Creepy Vibes Only and on MI&I. And they released it for their one-year anniversary issue, which is pretty cool thing to be a part. We did the interview back in January, and we did it with Kathy, one of the founders of the, um, the magazine. Uh, and it was the funnest interview I've ever done. <laughs> we talked about how Emma and I became friends, how the podcast started and kind of just how what we've learned and how the podcast and ourselves have grown along the the uh the process of doing this um and it's super cool the the article is actually five pages long which to me is bananas i one never thought it would be in a magazine and two i'm in a magazine and the article is freaking five pages long that's coolest thing ever um, I'm not going to lie. I was very emotional when I read the article. This, for some reason, being in a magazine was something on the, on a, my bucket list. Um, and to have accomplished this was, uh, really something special for me. So I highly recommend that you go and check out the, the magazine itself in this issue. It's really cool. It features 15 podcasts and all of the all of the podcasts are made by women so their main goal obviously is to support women and give them a space to shine and promote their stuff they also have these seminars and resources so if you yourself have wanted to start a podcast and don't know where to to start go and give them a follow on instagram Go ahead and read this magazine. You, you'll you get some ideas. You'll kind of, you'll get to see how it is for everyone. Um, one cool thing is that when we ended the, before ending the interview, Kathy asked us if there was a piece of advice or something that we would give to women who were thinking about starting. Uh, and I'm assuming that she asked everyone, I haven't yet read the magazine, um, it's been a crazy week. <laughs> so, um, but she asked Emma and I what our advice would be. And I'm not going to say what I said. Yes, I am. Um, 
I, I just basically blurt out, do it. Just absolutely do it. Don't let fear stop you. There's information out there. There's resources out there. And there are communities out there to, to help you and push you and just give you that motivation that you need. And the Woman Who Podcasts magazine is one of those communities. So um, I wanted to take a moment to say thank you to being featured in this magazine. It is a, a true honor. Um, and thank you to you all who, uh, if you haven't already, will read the article. Um, if you do uh, happen to read it, come and tell me what you think. Uh, this is truly one of the coolest thing. So you, as I said, it's a digital magazine. So you buy it online and you buy it off of issue.com. I'm going to put the link in the show notes so that if you are interested, you can go and get it that way. You can also go and see their Instagram, Women Who Podcasts. Um, you go check out their Instagram. The links are there and a bunch of other cool stuff. So that is one thing. On to the second. I don't know how this has been going on for a year, but next week is going to be the one year anniversary of this podcast, which for like a lack, lack of a better word is insane. I can't believe I've been doing this for a year and I can't believe that you've been listening to this for a year. Um, Second biggest honor. I uh, am super happy that the podcast has been growing and I've been able to stick around. And I can't believe it's already been a year. It uh, does not feel like that at all. Um, Well, already been next week. I will leave my speech. Well, it's not going to be a speech, I promise. Um, But I will give my rambling about this to next week. The only thing I'm going to say is I want to do something special. I don't know what <laughs> it falls on a Monday, which is not that's usual business for us. Um, so I'm trying to rack my brain to do something to mark the occasion because I can't let it just pass and be like, oh, hey, it's a year, fun. So I'm thinking I'm going to try to do something. Well, not try, I will do something fun, uh, but I don't know what. So, as usual, if you have ideas, throw them my way. And I will see what I can do. So those are some of um, my updates. Now, before I start, I've been kind of thinking for the last few weeks to kind of talk about something a bit more on the personal side. And I decided that this is the time to do it. So sorry if it's taking a bit too long <laughs> to get through the episode. Um you can fast forward me for a bit if uh, you don't want to listen to this. But um, I want to be talking about, I'm going to be touching a subject of mental health. So I'm going to be talking about something more personal and in a way building a bridge from me to you, the listener, on a more personal aspect of, uh, of this Usually I'm very transparent when I, I do this, but I do obviously keep my personal life as separate as possible um, because it's not just my mom listening. Uh, there's a bunch of you out there all around the world. Hi, which is 
again, bananas. Um, I, the latest country is Italy, which is the coolest thing ever. I want to come, I want to go to Italy very badly. Um, one day soon, hopefully we'll see. Um, okay. Enough rambling. I'm nervous. <laughs> so I wanted to take a moment and say thank you to all of you that listen and that follow and that come every week. So in January, I actually had to go off work due to mental health. I had a burnout and I was suffering from depression. I've actually been suffering, uh, battling is a better word, battling depression for quite a while now. And it just really got the better of me in January. So I've been I was off of work for a good amount of time and I've just recently gone back to work and, you know, there's been a lot of change, a lot of adapting to, I'm now at a new location. Uh, I've also started therapy. There's, I've started medication. So there's been a lot happening, but no matter how dark things were for me or just, no matter, lack of energy, no matter what, I at least had the podcast to keep me going. And I want to say thank you because although I didn't feel like researching and I didn't feel like recording at times and I just wanted to skip it, the fact that I knew that some of you were waiting on a new episode is what pushed me to do it and gave me that boost of energy and also helped me rebuild my my energy bank, my confidence, my motivation, and just really gave me something to focus on and something positive. So I want to say thank you because it's been very important to me and very near and dear to my heart. And as much as what I would love for this to take off and become something that I can do full time, um, the fact that I have this community, although it's very small, um, it, it's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. Um, even if it is small right now and it may never grow and that's okay because I have you listening and joining and just being a part of this and you have helped me. You have shown me that there's other things than the darkness in our minds. And I just wanted to be honest with you all and say that I have moments where it's hard and sometimes I may end up skipping a day and it's not because I don't want to do this and I don't think this is important. I am still battling every day. Um, I've, uh, like I mentioned, I've changed, I'm at a new job now and Things have been super positive, super great. But last week, for some reason, uh, I struggle. I kind of slipped back into that negative headspace and had that full body anxiety. And it was very hard to process. And my first thought was, oh, I need to cancel the podcast because I haven't even touched research. And as the day went by, things got better. And I was like, you know what? No, I'm going to, to research it. I'm going to give my little gremlins something because uh, they've been there for me this whole time. Even if they didn't know things was happening, they were there. So 
I don't know what else to say aside from thank you. And obviously, I'm not an expert, but I am here for you if ever you do need to talk to someone, if you're nervous about where to start. I will certainly be there for you to to listen and try to help if I can. But like I said, I'm not an expert. Uh, I am someone that battles it. So there's limitations to what I can do to help. But um, that is all that I wanted to say. Uh, I Yeah, thank you. It is uh, a great honor to have a space for my voice and to have my show my tiny little show about creepy things received and we're just a really cool community (laughs) uh so that is that i'm going to move on one thing i wanted to mention because there probably is gonna be more updates actually yes i have to talk to you about something that happened today before i start um the place where i'm working now is haunted um we, uh, I will keep you updated, but, uh, someone, well, person who used to work there, she comes every week or so to kind of check out and see if she can capture something. And she sent us a video of capture, capturing a, uh, ghost using a voice box and, uh, kind of like saying people's names that worked in the building and all that. So that was that uh, creepy, very cool. Um, it was very cool for me because they didn't name me, but very creepy for my colleague who was named. Uh, <laughs> so I will probably have some updates for you um, on my haunted workplace. And speaking of ghosts, something very weird happened today. Uh, so as usual, Milo was screaming at uh, people walking on the street because that's very rude to him. It's his street. So I, um, he was on this little platform and screaming at the window. So I was leaning over him and kind of giving him a hug to tell him to calm down and shut up. And at the same time, I felt something pinch my butt and pull my leggings off of my butt, which was very weird. But I thought it was my, my, my mom's dog, Ryder, uh, the four month old puppy. I thought it was him because he's torn so many holes in my leggings. It's insane. Um, but when I turned around, he was sleeping. So I think a ghost, I, I think a ghost pinched my butt today, which is crazy. Uh, there's nothing around that could have caught on my leggings. It was the weirdest feeling and I could really feel the leggings being pulled off. Um, very weird, but yeah, that's, uh, something that happened to me. <laughs> so I think I've talked enough intro wise, um, I believe that it is now time for our favorite segment, Creepy Reads. Okay, so this story is one that I found on Reddit. And had to read it to you. So I've asked permission and the person who wrote it told me that I can, of course, read it on the podcast. Uh, I believe it is a throwaway account, though, because the username is temporary underscore ask 7225. Um, so I'm not sure if they have more ghost stories on there. It seemed to be um, 
a first submission because they were asking what uh, the community thought it was. Um, but with that said, let's get started. In the summer of 2016, I attended a graduation party in my hometown. At around 10 p.m., I decided to say my goodbyes and head down the mountain by myself. As I reached the summit of the mountain, my headlights illuminated a horrific scene to my right. A wrecked red sedan with the front window shattered and a man lying in front of the car. I stared quickly out of the way since his head was nearly on the white line of my lane. A few feet away from the scene, I pulled off into the truck lane, put my hazards on, and stared in shock in my rearview mirror. A few seconds later, I see car lights coming my way, slowing down at the scene. I tried to wave them down, but it's dark, secluded, and I'm in shock. It was unsuccessful. They slow down, look at the scene, and hit the gas full speed down the mountain. After they passed me, my anxiety kicked in and I too fled the scene at full speed. I called my boyfriend at the time and didn't tell him what I saw. I needed to distract myself. About 8 minutes later when I arrive home, I wake up my parents and waste no time getting everyone in the car to drive me up to the summit. In the meantime, we call the police. I didn't do this earlier because I was fresh out of high school and didn't know if I would have to stay at the scene, if I would be questioned in trouble for being out so late and so young, I panicked. By the time my parents and I make it back to the summit, there is nothing there. It was less than 20 minutes. I got out in shock, looked for broken glass from the windshield and any other signs that someone had been hurt there. Nothing. Now I'm freaking out because I look as if I'm hallucinating all of this. My parents called the police again, and we left as the emergency services arrived. I've talked to a few people from my hometown, and they told me they wouldn't be surprised if I saw something paranormal. Because of all of the accidents I've had happen there. I personally know a few people who have died driving on that road. The only other explanation I could think of was that it was an elaborate stage accident to lure someone out of their car. But the windshield was broken. His head was by the white line. If he wasn't dead already, he was placing himself in serious danger. The airbags were depleted and the car was smashed by a telephone pole. How could someone stage that and be gone in less than 20 minutes? Even if the wreck did just happen, How would that man have been able to walk away from the scene and not leave his car or other evidence behind? I'm 95% sure I saw something supernatural. I wanted to know your thoughts. Is it possible that I saw a fiddle accident on its anniversary? This experience has never left me. Occasionally, I still search for accident records at this spot hoping for an explanation. I also wanted to add that this happened during the July 4th weekend. How bananas is this story? I, uh, as soon as I read this, I knew I needed to share on the podcast and that you would appreciate this. 
it is, I can't imagine being in this person's shoes, seeing that and having those images kind of stuck with you forever. And then on top of being somewhat a little, I want to say traumatized, but I don't know, marked by the images, you go back and it's gone. So it's a traumatic mystery, like bananas. Uh, So this uh, Redditor asked for our opinions on what it was. And when I I asked for my, for permission to share and at the same time, I shared that I thought it would, could potentially be a res, a uh, residual haunting and that maybe the anniversary thing was prop maybe on the on the, the nose or the answer um but at the same time there's no record so that's kind of uh strange or no records that the person could find um so yes i thought that maybe it was just you know residual energy kind of showing up either on its anniversary or maybe this happens from time to time could be a depending on the weather or anything could bring up uh, residual hauntings. Um, but that was my thought that it was more of an imprint of an accent versus a active haunting or whatever else. I'm not sure what else uh, other people suggested, but I don't think it was a real accident. Like they had said, you know, you can't really get rid of all of that evidence so quickly. Also for it to be staged, that seems pretty impossible to have a bunch of people kind of hiding out in the forest to uh, set up this elaborate accident and then clear it within a few minutes just to not uh, to not have the emergency services involved. I'm not sure. But it doesn't seem likely to me that this was a human, a still alive human. Uh, I think it's a residual hunting. That is my opinion. <laughs> um, so yeah, with that all done, and I hope that I hope that this set up the stage of a creepiness enough for you. Um, but let's move on to this episode's story. And on to this episode's story. This is the story of Baba Anushka, also known as the Bandit Witch are the witch of Vladimir Robak. Let's begin. This is the story of Anna the Pistonia, who was born in 1838 in Romania. Later on in her story, she does claim to be born in 1836, but for us right now, this is not important. But don't forget this, as it will get important later on. In 1849, when Anna was a teenager, she moved with her family to the village of Vladimirovac, which was located in the Bannet Military Frontier Province of the Austrian Empire. Today, this area is split between Serbia, Hungary, and Romania. And from the research I've done, it seems like she was located in the part that is now in Serbia. As her family was wealthy, she got to enjoy a private education, and life seemed to be great for Anna. But things turned for the worse for 20-year-old Anna when she met an Austrian army officer. She fell head over heels in love with this officer. But unfortunately for Anna, he had no intention of sticking around for long. One evening, he simply disappeared, leaving Anna heartbroken after their very short affair. And to make matters worse, 
he had infected her with syphilis. From this point on, she resented men and decided that a life of seclusion focused on her interests of medicine and chemistry would be the life for her. However, in that time period, that was not a realistic life goal for a woman. So eventually, Anna did marry a man much older than her, with whom she got 11 children. But only one of the 11 children survived into adulthood. Her husband eventually passed away after 20 years of marriage, leaving Anna to finally be able to focus on her love of chemistry. So one would think that after 20 years of marriage, 11 children, that she would learn and move on from what would happen to her when she was 20 years old, and that this resentment for men and need to to live life alone without having having to rely on a man would be gone. But it was not. Anna still had that deep resentment to man and knew that she had to do whatever it took to make sure that she could live on her own and not rely on another man in her life. Now, Anna was a very intelligent woman. She spoke five languages. She was very well versed in medicine and chemistry and knew her way around herbs. If we think back to the beginning, she did go to a very good private school, so she is and she is a very intelligent woman and was educated well so naturally when her husband passed away she built a laboratory in one wing of their house and this is when anna became baba anushka a famous healer in herbalist of the late 19th century She offered various remedies and services, which earned her a good income to live comfortably on her own. She was sought after by everyone. Everyone wanted what Anna, what Baba Nushka, sorry, was selling. She would sell remedies to farmers' wives who needed help with health issues. She also sold concoctions that would make people very ill for a few days. These were very popular among men who wished not to be conscripted, or to soldiers who needed to miss military service. However, her specialty medicine or concoction was what she called love potions or magic water. She would sell these to women who found themselves in abusive relationships. The women were instructed to give this to the person who abused them and their problem would go away. As a matter of fact, when someone consumed Baba Anushka's magic water or love potion, they would die about eight days later. The village believed that Baba Anushka had magical powers and was there to protect the local woman. Hence, why she's also called the Bandit Witch or the Witch of Vladimir Robak. But her magic water or love potion, they weren't infused with deadly magical powers. They actually contained arsenic and other deadly toxins. This is how Baba Anushka was able to poison and kill between 50 to 150 people without being stopped or charged with a crime, making Baba Nushka one of the world's oldest serial killers. 
As mentioned earlier, she had gained a lot of popularity, and soon business was booming for Baba Anushka. When a client would confide in their marital issues, she would ask, how heavy is the problem? This was code to get the victim's body weight measurements to ensure that the potion contained the correct deadly dosage. A typical victim of Avanushka was a young, healthy man, someone that would always be stronger than her wife and not likely to leave anytime soon, unless helped a bit. In the 1920s, Baba Nushka hired Lushpina Milankov, who acted as a saleswoman for her. Lushpina would go around looking for potential clients. She would pitch to them that she could solve their issue rather quickly, and as soon as she found someone interested, she would bring them to Baba Nushka's house, where Baba Nushka would concoct the right love potion or magic water for her client. The client was then instructed to slip the potion in the intended victim's beverage, and then to let the potion do its job. A potion or remedy will cost between 2,000 to 10,000 Yugoslavian dinar, which today would run between 20 to 100 Canadian dollars. Back then, that was a good amount of money. Things were going well for the Bennett witch until two murders in 1928 caught the attention of authorities. Stana Momirov was a regular client of Baba Nushka. Usually, she'd buy, she'd buy herbal remedies for various aches and pains. But in January 1924, she needed a love potion, which she administered to her unsuspected husband, Lazar Ludowski. Although her husband's death was strange, no one thought anything of it. Stana eventually remarried and found herself needing a love potion again. This time, though, it wasn't given to her new husband. It was given to a rich relative of her new husband. In December of 1926, Baba Anushka sold a vial of magic water to Sima Momirov and his wife Sofia. Sofia had heard of Baba Anushka from the Nika Stojik, who recommended the woman for Sofia and Sima's problem. The pair intended to give the potion to Nikola Momirov, Sima's father. They told Baba Nushka that Nikola was abusive towards his children and grandchildren and they needed her help to stop him. Once they got their, let's say, murder weapon, Sofia convinced Sima's 16-year-old niece, Olga Serja, to give the potion to Nikola and to ensure he drank it all. Someone say convinced, well, a lot of other people say pressured. So Nikola eventually did drink the poison. He suddenly fell ill and he died 15 days later. On May 15, 1928, Baba Anushka, Stena, Sima, and Sofia Morirov, Lushbina Milankov, Danika Stoshik, and Olga Sturza were arrested for the murders of Lazar Ludowski and Nikola Momirov. At the time of her arrest, Baba Anushka was 90 years old. The trial started in June 1929. Both bodies were exhumed and traces of arsenic were found in the victims. Baba Anushka's ingredients were also tested to see if they would be found in the victim 
and obviously they were. The prosecutor wanted the death penalty for all charged parties, with the exception of Olga, as she was a minor. All the defendants turned against Baba Anushka. They all believed that the men were dead due to Baba Anushka's magical power. Stana said that she bought what she thought was a remedy to her husband's alcoholism and didn't know that it would kill him. Sima and Sophia claimed that they did not know that the magic water they purchased was poisoned, and they thought that the witch's powers were what had caused Nicola's death. Olga claimed to have known nothing of the plot, and only went forward with giving the water to her grandfather since Sophia had pressured her into doing it. Sophia refuted this and said that Olga knew of the plot the entire time. Baba Nushka, however, denied all of the charges during the trial. She said that she had never sold love potions or magic water to any of the defendants, and that the entire case against her was fabricated by Luisna Milankov, her saleswoman, who was trying to pin her own crimes on Baba Nushka. She also claimed that the date of birth that the court had was wrong. She was not born in 1838. She was actually born in 1836, making her 92 years old and not 90, hoping this would change the court's perception or treatment of her. On July 6, 1929, Baba Nushka was sentenced to 15 years in prison for her role of accomplice. Lushpina was sentenced to was sentenced to eight years in prison for her role of accomplice as well. Sima was sentenced to five year, 15 years, and Stana and Sofia were sentenced to life in prison as they were considered the main perpetrators. The defendants and prosecutor both appealed the verdict. A new trial took place from November 29th to November 30th, 1929. The prosecutor wanted capital punishment for all defendants, Olga included at this point. In this trial, Seaman Sophia eventually admitted to having known that the magic water was poisoned. All of the other defendants, though, did not change their statements. A new verdict was delivered on November 30th, 1929. Baba Nuska was sentenced to 15 years in prison with hard labor. Stan and Sophia were again sentenced to life in prison. Seaman's sentence was increased from 15 years to life in prison. Lushbina's sentence was also increased from 8 years to 10 years in prison. Olga and Danica were acquitted again. Baba Nushka only completed 8 out of the 15 years of a prison sentence. She was released on compassionate grounds as she was now 98 years old. Baba Nushka went back to her home in Vladimirovac, where she passed away at the age of 100 two years after being released. And that, my lovely little leprechauns, is the story of Baba Anushka, the one of the world's oldest serial killer. I hope that you've liked it. Let me know. Um, and uh, this episode is a little longer. I'm sorry if you've gotten used to those 15 minutes episode. Um, it won't be a norm. Um, but yeah, I hope that you've enjoyed the story and that you've enjoyed the creepy reads segment. Uh, as usual, come and interact with me. Come say hi. Uh, DM on social media. Send me a um an email. I would love to chat with you. Hear about what you think. 
uh, if you have ideas for future topics, if you have your own story that you want read for Creepy Reads, do reach out to me. Uh, your um, encouragement means the world to me. So if you can keep sharing the episodes, go rate the podcast on uh, iTunes, Spotify takes ratings as well. If you can leave a review, give me your comment, your feedback, that would be greatly appreciated. And keep sharing to people that you think would enjoy this. Share social media, download the episode, subscribe. I don't know what else you can do. Um, Oh, you can actually leave me a little voice message on if you go on Anchor. So that'd be cool. (laughs) Yeah, just... Do whatever you think you can and you want to, to encourage this to keep going and maybe get one more year on this. And, and again, I going back to what I've mentioned earlier, thank you. Thank you for coming back every year. It really means the absolute every year. Wow. It is now 9.30 p.m. on Sunday and I am pooped. <laughs> uh, I'm tired. I'm sorry. Focus stuff. Um, thank you. Thank you for listening every week and to, to, to come back and to support the podcast and support me. Uh, I, I truly appreciate it. It really means the world to me and it really has helped me when times, uh, were dark for me. You, uh, you gave me a light. Um, so yes, I think I've talked enough for today. I will see you all in one week. Have hopefully the best week you can have. And I will talk to you all soon. Have a good week. Bye. Thank you for listening to Creepy Vibes Only. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Creepy Vibes Only Podcast. And you can send us an email at cvopodcast at gmail.com. Remember to subscribe wherever you listen, download our episodes, and please leave us a review, ideally a really nice one. Thanks for vibing and keeping it creepy with us. We will see you next week. Bye.